Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today we had some games yesterday we had some games sunday we had some games saturday so we're gonna check out what happened in all of those so sit back relax take out your coffee and enjoy the show All right, so welcome in, everyone. Welcome into the chat. Jamie, good morning. I hope all of your Christmas miracles came true yesterday. Spoiler alert, mine did not. I made the playoffs in four out of five of my leagues. I made the semifinals in three out of those five and lost all three of my semifinals matchups last night in the Ravens 49ers game. Couldn't even have the decency to lose them on Sunday. Had to wait until Christmas night to have all of my teams kicked out. Uh, but such is life, right? Such is life. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to my fantasy football teams. Finished 111th in the Scott Fish Bowl, so not was not in the top 50 to uh, to qualify. Lost the Trade Gods League by 10 points. And lost my home league semifinals as well. I hope everyone had a better semifinals than me. But let's get on into it. And full disclosure here, it was a busy weekend for me over at the All Wine household. So I'm actually going to pull out a Podfather trick for today. I saw a top 10 takeaways this season where he also wasn't able to watch all of the games. And he just checked out the box score. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go game by game by game by game, and I'm going to live react to all of these box scores, see what we can learn from the action, uh, see if any sneaky player snuck in, see who popped off. As you guys can tell in the title, Reese Hall, Amari Cooper, George Pickens, I already know those guys smashed this weekend. Uh, one of them on my bench, uh, but such is life. <laughs> such is life. But let's do this. Let's go ahead and get get into the show. We'll start with our Saturday games. Uh, which I believe the first one was the Steelers-Bengals for our first Saturday game. And it was a good football game. It was a pretty decent football game. You can't complain too much. Can't complain too much in this one. Of course, you know, it's a blowout for some reason as Mason Rudolph came in and slung it and George Pickens came out and really saved the day as mentioned. So the Steelers win this one 34 to 11 and it really never stayed close as I'm looking in this box score here, Jake Browning just threw three interceptions uh, and just apparently did not look good. looks like Chase Brown didn't even get mixed in with only four carries and two receptions and uh, Joe Mixon lost some steam, but down here in the receiving UT Higgins owners, the managers for T Higgins were still treated to an all right game, despite pretty much everyone else here on the Bengals being a disappointment. Five receptions for 140 yards and a touchdown. K 
cannot complain there for T. Higgins managers, especially in a game without Jamar Chase. This is now two times that he's been able to step up admirably in the Jamar Chase absence. So whoever gets T. Higgins next year, I think we all know and can agree that T. Higgins will not be a Cincinnati Bengal next season. That's something that's been working for, what, two years now? Kind of been a rumor that when his contract expires, he's going to get sent somewhere else. Whoever gets him, they're going to get a good wide receiver. I mean, this is now, again, back-to-back weeks where he's shown up in a big way uh, without Jamar Chase and with Jake Browning as well. It's not like he's doing this with Joe Burrow. So 140 yards and a touchdown for him. What do you have? 90-something yards and two touchdowns last week. Great performances by him. And it looks like Tyler Boyd still got you there in PPR, five for 59. And then uh, anyone kind of interesting pop off here? No, but we do see the tight end situation get a little bit curious here. We have been seeing Tanner Hudson get a ton of receptions, but now Drew Sample kind of bounces back with three receptions and Hudson and Wilcox each get their own. Uh, Nothing too fancy here. We see Eo Sevis and Irwin kind of step up in Jamar Chase's absence, get get kind of the Jamar Chase. I mean, eight combined receptions for 60-something yards, 70 yards uh, between these two. That's about a Jamar Chase uh, expectation, so it looks like they got their volume. But, I mean, we're going into the championships next week, so I feel like these kind of fringy guys we don't even care about. I think, though, if you want a dynasty stash, I mean, I do think Andre Andre Eosivas is worth it. And I think Charlie Jones in an even deeper format. Yeah, it's only one reception for negative one yards, but he's been doing the punt returns. And we talked about him this offseason. He's just a pretty good route runner. There's some potential for him to step up and get a little bit extra volume next season. Uh, But to the Steelers, to the Steelers, George Pickens, I benched for Jamison Williams in my trade gods league. I literally was like, you know, we've got Mason Rudolph. It's the semifinals. I've got some good ceiling floor plays. Like I have Debo Samuel, right? I've got Jameer Gibbs. I've got Justin Fields. I don't need a floor wide receiver in George Pickens who hadn't been doing anything in weeks on his now third string quarterback. Uh, I just didn't need to worry about George Pickens. I didn't want just 10 points. I wanted to go crazy. I saw Jamison Williams usage trend up. I saw the divisional matchup versus the Vikings. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go with Jamison Williams. Sure, it could burn me, but I'm not expecting much for Pickens either. Well, four receptions. So it's not like my process was even crazy wrong, right? Who takes four receptions for 195 yards and two touchdowns? And one of these receptions, correct me if I'm wrong, was negative one yards. Like if if I'm correct, one of his was a screen that went for negative yards. So we're talking about three of these receptions 196 yards and two touchdowns who does that frustrating would have made it to the fantasy football championships in my trade gods league if i started him who would have known anthony thank you for the solace no one was starting pickens unless they had to thank you for the solace but i'm still going to be kicking myself i mean especially me right i'm someone who has been defending george pickens all year he's one of my guys i like the dude and I benched him when it mattered most. So I, I, I deserve a clown emoji. If you guys want to drop some clown emojis in the chat, I totally deserve it. Uh, but what a game from him. And impressive from Mason Rudolph, who looks like not even a fumble yet. No interceptions, no fumbles. 290 yards and two touchdowns. Cannot complain if you're Mason Rudolph. Can't complain if you're the Steelers. You can complain, however, 
if you're Mitchell Trubisky, as when I see this, Mitchell Trubisky is out of a job. Uh, he he, I don't I don't know what team is going to take a chance on him. He's what the highest paid backup quarterback in the league, and he can't even get a Mason Rudolph stat line. Bad days ahead for Mitchell Trubisky. If you own him in Dynasty, good luck even getting a fifth round pick. Uh, not that you could have really get not gotten anything for him recently, but still bad bad days ahead for uh, for Mitchell Trubisky. And it looks like here, the lastly, we'll take away Najee Harris, 19 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown. Not bad. So he, again, has been kind of heating up the second half of the season. Jalen Warren being works down, but he still gets you there. PPR, it looks like, with five receptions. Uh, but, you know, nothing too crazy. Even though the Steelers score 34 points, it's all really coming from these George Pickens touchdowns and Najee Harris touchdown. And then I guess, is there a special teams touchdown? Defensive touchdown? Oh, just a lot of field goals. <laughs> Two field goals as well. Yep. All right. So, yeah, that's the Steelers-Bengals game. Looks like it was an all right one for you Steelers fans. Let's go ahead and move on to the Bills-Chargers. This one I actually did watch. I, I did watch this game. Uh, spoiler alert, I, or not spoiler alert, but uh, I, I, had, I had to roll out Easton Stick and Austin Eckler in one of my semifinals again. I lost them all, so when I say these things, it, it makes sense. But, you know, I expected some garbage time for Easton Stick. We didn't really get that. We did get his rushing touchdown. But really, the Chargers, uh, even though they get this game close, didn't really do anything uh, at all. They scored 22 points, and the Bills only scored 24. Uh, but it was pretty quiet. I mean, like I said, Easton Stick gets the rushing touchdown. There's no receiving touchdowns on this team. Uh what were the touchdowns? I don't even remember. Um, there's lots of, oh yeah, you're right. That's what it was. It was Cameron Dicker just going crazy. Uh, but either way, nothing too crazy happened here on the Chargers. You get Joshua Palmer being the wide receiver one, getting you that volume, five receptions, 47 yards. Gerald Everett, just Gerald Everett things with seven receptions for 42 yards. Alex Erickson showed up again randomly for 31 yards. And Quentin Johnston, surprise, surprise, quiet, not very good, just uh, two receptions for 29 yards. And then on the Bills, the Chargers, I mean, their first game with a new quarterback, or not quarterback, new head coach, uh, not bad, right? I mean, like, I, like we see here, they kept the game close. It was fine. And a lot of it was this defense that actually did a pretty good job shutting down these Bills. Josh Allen, only 237 yards. Uh, in the air and only 15 rushing yards and he gets two rushing touchdowns to score those fantasy points and one passing touchdown, but he has the interception. Uh, James Cook had a lost fumble. I mean, the Chargers defense actually was pretty good, which is pretty ironic. Can't you admit that Brandon Staley was kind of bragging that this defense was doing better than it should have and that he was, you know, making good personnel decisions and the Chargers defense was the best part of the team. And then they do the best defensive performance of the year without Brandon Staley. So just a little clap to Los Angeles Chargers. And what is his name? Biff? Some Biff, I think. I can't remember his last name. It was something like that. Bliff? Glyph? Gif? Gif. It's Gif. Gif. Gif something uh, as the head coach. A little clap to him as he gets his first uh, head coaching debut. And while they didn't win, it was a pretty impressive performance against a playoff team. Uh, but James Cook. After lighting the world on fire, 20 carries for 70 yards, 
and nothing in the receiving game. And what was kind of concerning was you actually see Leonard Fournette get mixed in for the first time. Five carries for 20 yards. No receptions, but I think that will be coming. Leonard Fournette's not going to do anything for our fantasy football teams, it's looking like. But I do think he could be a darling in the uh, if, if the Bills make the playoffs in the playoff fantasy football league format that the NFL does. Uh, I think that he could end up maybe being something in the playoffs. But uh, you're looking towards 2024 for Leonard Fournette, which at that point really means nothing for Leonard Fournette, but he might have a good playoffs. Uh, and then Gabe Davis, four receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown. He just shows up randomly, right? Nothing to really take away there, but it does suck if you own Stephon Diggs, counting on him in the semifinals. Really, even just the last few weeks, Stephon Diggs had not been able to do anything. And in this game, it continues five receptions for 29 yards. Dalton Kincaid only gets the one reception for seven yards. It's really weird. It's really weird. Uh, and I, I'm sure you guys can agree with me here that Dalton Kincaid did really, really well without Dawson Knox. And then his kind of return back to earth with Dawson Knox back. But it's not weird that he's like losing a little volume when Dawson Knox comes back. It's that the tight end position and Kincaid and Knox, the usage has completely changed. Like Dalton Kincaid was getting like, you know, eight, nine targets a game. And then in this one, only four targets between the two tight ends. And I think it was about the same last week. Like it's like, all right, there's no Dawson Knox. Let's utilize Dalton Kincaid. And then Dawson Knox comes back. And it's like, let's not utilize really either of them. So I'm not sure what's going on in the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady's mind, uh, or the play calling decisions for that to happen. Because uh, it's just strange. Like you, you you uppick a guy's usage and then don't use that anymore when, when someone comes back. And in fact, you utilize the new, the, the person who returns less and you, you utilize the guy who had been popping off for you less. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on there kind of concerning if you own Dalton Kincaid because I do believe Dawson Knoxville has one more year on his contract and so if you're looking into 2024 for him to break out might not happen if they're healthy I mean it seems that they just don't want to utilize that position too much uh, but again we'll just have to see right I mean we're not going to overreact here it was one game really just a couple next year could be totally different but either way kind of weird to see the usage go so far down when Dawson Knox comes back but Next game, we have the Falcons-Colts. And, I mean, I was proven wrong. I said a few times I'm not too excited about the Taylor Heineke uh, Falcons. I mean, they went 0-2 with him. Uh, he had been just throwing, like, one touchdown, throwing interceptions with it. Like, it wasn't anything spectacular. But Taylor Heineke came out and played well and led the, Vic or the Falcons to a win against a team that was in the playoffs in the Colts. So Taylor Heineke, an okay day, as expected, right? I mean, like, it's not like Taylor Heineke proved me wrong, proved me wrong, but still 229 yards and a touchdown, not terrible, especially when you see no turnovers, had a fumble but picked it up, no interceptions, can't complain there. And then he finally gets Kyle Pitts a touchdown, three receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown there. And Bijan Robinson had some good receiving work as well, seven receptions for 50 yards on top of his 12 carries. Um, it's, I mean, it was cool to see. So Taylor Heineke's going to run the system this way. Uh, that's pretty good. Now, I will say, I, again, I don't know why they can't just call these plays for Desmond Ritter. Why can't you just let Desmond Ritter throw the ball to Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts? But it is what it is. Taylor Heineke did it, and it was pretty good. Tyler Algier gets the rushing touchdown, so that sucked if you owned Bijan Robinson like I did. Uh, but... 
such is life, right? That's just what we can come to expect with the Falcons. The dude you don't want to score the touchdown is the one who does it. But you still got okay points from Bijan and PPR. You got the touchdown from Kyle Pitts. And if you streamed Taylor Heineke, you weren't crazy disappointed. And then I will add Drake London, only three receptions. I don't think that's going to continue. I do think Taylor Heineke can lock on to Drake London at some point. It's just going to be a matchup dependent thing. And Jonu Smith, his usage will continue, I believe. Four receptions for 32 yards. I think that's what about what he's going to get the next, or really just next week as we close out the fantasy football season. And then on the Colts side, they lose this game. It's Jonathan Taylor's first game back. And he does get the touchdown, but he only averages 2.4 yards per carry, which is not great. Uh, and Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson are barely worked in. So, I mean, you get the little bit of a confidence boost if you own Jonathan Taylor um, because, you know, he gets the full bell cow. I don't think Zach Moss is going to get too much when he returns, given he'll be less than 100%. So now we're going into the fantasy football championship next week. And Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be a true bell cow. So that is nice. But what's really weird in this game is we also didn't have Michael Pittman. And that seemed to really, really affect Gardner Minshew in particular uh, and really the rest of the Colts pass catchers. So Gardner Minshew, barely 50% completion, barely 200 yards, and finishes the day with no touchdowns, gets an interception. Um, and the leading receivers are Kylan Granson and Will Mallory, who combined for nine receptions and 109 yards, those two tight ends. Mo Alley-Cox looks like he was not worked in at all. He had one target. So if you're sitting here wondering which tight end on the Colts you want to roster next season, I'm going to go ahead and say it's Will Mallory. This is a guy that they drafted this year. And while his snap share hasn't been that high, you can check in the box score. He's actually been receiving a ton. So he's their receiving tight end. I know we see here Kylan Granson got some receptions as well, but this was more of a one-week thing, no Michael Pittman in my eyes, whereas Will Mallory had actually been bidding used as a receiver with Michael Pittman on the field, and he's only a rookie. So if you want a deep dynasty stash, Will Mallory's your guy. Uh, and then also, I'm a little concerned with Josh Downs because we look and look and look, and again, no Michael Pittman. The leading receivers are these backup tight ends, and then you go to the last few weeks even, and Josh Downs has been completely erased from the game plan. And in this game, he gets nine targets, and he brings in six of them, but he only gets 39 yards. So it's a little strange, right, that he had such a good, like, kind of week, what, three to, like, eight uh, before the injury, and then really hasn't been utilized since returning at all. I'm sure next season we'll see it bounce back a little bit. I know Josh Downs has that really good connection with Anthony Richardson, due to all their work this together this offseason. But still, I would like to see Josh Downs in particular step up if there's no Michael Pittman, but he didn't necessarily. Uh, so uh, a little bit concerning, but I'm sure in 2024 it'll be a little bit better. And yes, guys, I think we can move on from Alec Pierce. He's going to be boomer bust. I know we've seen the touchdown and big game from him this season, but you're never going to be able to predict it. And still, again, in a game with no Michael Pittman, he was asked to be, you know, the Michael Pittman. I mean, he's a big body receiver who can make contested catches uh, and run Michael Pittman's route tree. Uh, and he just did nothing. Seven targets only brings in three of them for 30 yards. So Alec Pierce, I think that experiment is done and you can kind of move on from him in Dynasty. I don't think it's going to get much better. Let's move to the Seahawks. Oops. 
I accidentally stopped sharing. Seahawks Titans. This was a game I thought the Titans could end up winning. I really did think it would be okay. A nice little play action, Ryan Tannehill offense, getting DeAndre Hopkins involved. But my God, DeAndre Hopkins was not involved. This was a player that I started in my semifinals. And it was kind of funny. Uh, I will talk about the Jaguars later, but I put a quote on social media on Saturday. You know, bench Travis Etienne because I'm starting him and the gods hate me. Uh, should have said the same about DeAndre Hopkins. Two receptions for 20 yards. Chigo Quanquo is the leading guy. But even Tajay Spears and Traylon Burks had a better game than DeAndre Hopkins, which was extremely confusing to me. I really thought it's Ryan Tannehill. He kind of sucks. He's just going to throw it to D-Hop on play action passes. But no, only even four targets. I mean, he was out-targeted by Tajay Spears and Chigo Quanquo. Just strange, just weird, and upsetting. I wanted D-Hop to, you know, I just needed, I lost by 10 points. I just needed Travis Etienne and D-Hop to do normal, and they did it. Sad days. Sad days. But Ryan Tannehill, while he didn't get much done, was okay, 150 yards. But it's actually Derrick Henry who got the passing touchdown in the Wildcat formation, and he also got himself a rushing touchdown. So good game from Derrick Henry. As always, he shows up in the fantasy football playoffs. And for some reason, Chigo Quanquo did as well, popping off on everyone's benches, six receptions, 63 yards at a touchdown. Good little day from him. I hope he can keep the momentum going. Again, he does have a great athletic profile, uh, and he had you know good college stats as well. He is an athletic player. He can run the ball as well. Like He's not just a tight end that catches and blocks. Like He can run to get some gimmicky plays. And so I do really like Chigo Quanquo in Dynasty, and you could get him for very, very cheap. So I recommend that. On the Seahawks side of the ball, this was Geno Smith's first game back, and he did good. He did good. As expected, right? We talked about it. He almost played on the Monday night football game against the Eagles, but they ultimately decided to go away from him. When that's the case, you have to expect the player to be at 100% when they do return, and that's what happened. Two touchdowns, 227 yards, no turnovers. Good day from him. Tyler Lockett was good. Jackson Smith and Jigba was good. DK Metcalf was good. Eight for 81 on Tyler Lockett. Jackson Smith, 6 and 61. And then DK Metcalf, 4 for 56 and a touchdown. Oh, and my guy Colby Parkinson got a touchdown as well. This is a guy we talked about a few weeks ago. I think he's going to end up being a tight end. I really do. It's more so a look thing. Like if you go look at pictures of Colby Parkinson or you watch highlights, he just looks like a stereotypical tight end that breaks out in his like seventh year. Uh, he's got the long hair. He's got the big body. He has the clutch factor. Like he always shows up in the biggest moments. Uh, and here we go. Colby Parkinson makes a clutch touchdown catch to give Seahawks the lead. See, that's what it takes to be a good tight end. I Again, I think my quote from earlier this year is it might be 2025, but at some point Colby Parkinson's going to be something. I do guarantee it. I, I, I feel it in my bones that Colby Parkinson is a is a rosterable tight end in Dynasty. Yep. And, wow, the running backs. Kenneth Walker, 16 carries for 54 yards. That's not great. But Geno Smith, one carry. DJ Dallas, one carry. Zach Charbonnet, two carries. That's what you love to see, especially since just a few weeks ago, myself included, was talking about how this was turning into a timeshare. Kenneth Walker's getting 60%. 
Zach Charbonnet is getting 30, and then the 10% is going somewhere else. But no, it's all going to K9, the dog himself. So that's really great to see for Kenneth Walker Dynasty managers. The next game we have was the Lions-Vikings. This was the game where I thought Jamison Williams could have a ceiling game in a divisional matchup, but all he had, which is actually pretty good. Again, Jamison Williams is going to happen, guys. I never lost faith in Jamison Williams all year. You, If you tuned into Wake and Take at all, I was bragging about his blocking. I was looking into anything I could to say Jamison Williams wasn't busting. Now, very disappointing this season, but going into next year, I really do think that he's going to be something special. He had seven targets last week, six targets this week, brings in five of them for 43 yards. Not the best, but really, really encouraging when we start looking forward into next year. Uh, but it's the Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery show in this one as they combine for 135 yards and three touchdowns. Great running game on the Lions. That's what's going to carry them into the playoffs and through the playoffs as far as they can go. It's going to come down to Gibbs and Montgomery. Yes, Jared Goff is good. 257 yards and a touchdown. Gets a long raw over 100 yards and a touchdown. But if they want to make noise in the playoffs, it's going to come down to those running backs. And they're damn good. They really are. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, he's something special. He has some incredible burst. I love watching him play. Uh, so great game from him. Happy with the two touchdowns. Uh, but uh, it again, in the playoffs, it's going to come down to those guys. Let's look around, see if there's any other deeper takeaways here. Four more receptions for Gibbs. That's good. And then Sam Laporta, only three receptions for 18 yards. I think that's just going to happen. There's a lot of mouths to feed on the Detroit Lions. I don't think Laporta is going to be as consistent as we want him to be, uh, unfortunately. I, I mean, he's obviously still a top, like, three dynasty tight end, top five. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, a give and take when it comes to him. It just is. And then on the Vikings, Nick Mullins, two touchdowns, four interceptions, but a whopping 411 yards. My God, that's a lot of yards. 140 of it goes to Justin Jefferson. That makes sense. And KJ Osborne gets 95 and a touchdown. And I know that happens because TJ Hawkinson gets hurt. Four receptions for 58 yards for him. Tune in to Wake and Take later this week. We'll discuss what the severity of that injury is. But TJ Hawkinson did get hurt, which looks like KJ Osborne's going to be the benefactor. And then, hey, as expected, kind of called this one. Jordan Addison, only one reception for two yards. Uh, didn't really expect a big game from him after last week. He had that ceiling performance. Uh, had to expect Justin Jefferson to pop off this week. You can't let Jordan Addison go crazy. Uh, and then Ty Chandler. We knew Alexander Madison was coming back, so we wanted to see how this was going to be split. Ty Chandler, eight carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. And Alexander Madison takes his two carries for negative one yards. Not the best of days for Ty Chandler. That's not a lot of carries. But I guess, you know, one thing is the Lions do have a good rushing defense. Uh, and then also they were kind of playing catch up in this game uh, for the most part. It was more so like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, but still, you know, not running the ball a ton. Glad he still gets the touchdown as that would have been very disappointing otherwise. Next game we had was the Jets Commanders. And at some point the Jets were running away with this game. But I do know that the Commanders started making a comeback. And almost pulled this one off. And surprise, surprise, 
It's with Jacoby Brissett. Sam Howell gets benched in this one again. 56 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Did he have a fumble as well? No. But still, 6 of 22, terrible. Just terrible. Sam Howell, done. Sam Howell is done. We saw him get benched last week, and uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett came out and slung it. It looks like it happened this week again as Jacoby Brissett goes 10 of 13, 100 yards and a touchdown with no turnovers. Sam Howell's done. He's not going to get another chance. He's going to now be a good backup, which is fine. Uh, But we saw all season, really. We talked about it like week five or whatever. He gets sacked a lot. He makes some questionable decisions. He was good for fantasy football, but for real life football, he didn't get you there. And wow, running game. Chris Rodriguez, no Brian Robinson again. So Chris Rodriguez asked to step up. 58 rush yards and two touchdowns. And Antonio Gibson got a rushing touchdown as well. So that was really good to see. I know people started Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson in a pinch. And I'm glad that they were able to be rewarded. I wish I started either of those guys over Travis Etienne. Ah! But it looks like Terry McLaurin, 50 yards. And then Logan Thomas, a receiving touchdown. Not too bad. Jahan Dotson also continues to disappoint. That sucks, man. That sucks. He was he was some hype going into the season. You could have got a decent return from him, but now no one wants to touch that guy with a 10-foot pole. I will say, when I say that, right, like no one wants to touch that guy with a 10-foot pole, that probably means it's time to buy because we are all looking around, and I think we can all agree, the commanders next year will be better. It looks like they'll have a quarterback upgrade, and Ron Rivera will probably be fired. So Jahan Dotson's an interesting buy in Dynasty going into 2024. And hey, you know, I might have lost my fantasy football semifinals, but the trade deadline still has it passed in the trade gods league. So screw it. I'm just going to start making moves and look to next year. (laughs) But either way, moving on to the Jets side of the ball, Trevor Simeon was not that bad. I mean, obviously not a great performance, 200 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a lost fumble, but he gets you the win. And most importantly, he makes Garrett Wilson and especially Brees Hall relevant and winning people's semifinals matchups. 12 receptions for 96 yards for Brees Hall, a running back, 12 receptions for 96 yards, just incredible. And 20 carries for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Wonderful day for Brees Hall. Wonderful day for Brees Hall managers and anyone that bought him this season as things were getting murky. What a year. It's going to be really nice next season, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or whoever's going to be Jets quarterback next year. Because I think, you know, seeing this game has to show the Jets coaching staff and Brees Hall himself that he's just got to get catches, man. He's just got to get the ball in his hand. 32 total touches for Brees Hall. 32! And almost 200 yards and two touchdowns. Just a fantastic day. And it looks like Israel Abanacanda got mixed in as well, and that's really cool. I think that's a great backfield duo. Dalvin Cook's not going to be on the team next year, so I'll say this as well. Go start trading for Israel Abanacanda while he's the third-string running back. If your trade deadline hasn't passed, he's going to be an extremely valuable handcuff next year, and he'll be mixed in. He's another Keaton Mitchell, Devon Achan archetype, just an explosive runner with not the best of speed. Nine carries for 43 yards. I mean, with Brees Hall getting 32 touches and Israel Abanacanda still getting near 10, that's encouraging going into next year. I think that's going to be the backfield. 
Israel Abanacana compliments Brees Hall really well. And so that's a guy I'd like to be buying as a little bench stash for 2024. Think about that. Get some Izzy for your bench. Uh, and Garrett Wilson, nine receptions, 76 yards, had 15 targets. So can't complain there. Good day for him. And Jason Brownlee scored himself a touchdown. Another guy that could be an interesting dynasty asset. But I don't really know about that one. I think they'll probably have some new wide receivers next year. But if you can get him cheaper, if he's available, why not? As he was kind of someone that was making some noise in training camp, scoring this touchdown. Alan Lazard might be gone. Randall Cobb will probably be gone. So I don't know. Maybe worth something. Something to think about. Jason Brownlee. Next game, Packers-Panthers. And this was interesting, as I have Bryce Young, chose to bench him because, I mean, he just hasn't been good for fantasy football. I'll hold on to him for Dynasty. But he showed up, and it kind of makes sense. This Packers just gave up a perfect passer game to Baker Mayfield, so this defense is terrible against quarterbacks. And Bryce Young, 300 yards and two touchdowns with no turnovers. Guys, he did it. Bryce Young did it. Oh, my God. I know they lose this game, but 300 yards and two touchdowns. Let's go. Let's go. Very encouraging going into next year. That's awesome. They just need to get him some help. And it looks like he didn't even need the help in this game as he had two near 100-yard receivers, both DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, uh, six receptions for 90-something yards. And DJ Chark had two touchdowns? Two touchdowns for DJ Chark? Wow. Amir Smith-Marset scored a touchdown? That's hilarious. ISM scores a touchdown as well. And Chuba Hubbard gets you the rushing touchdown. So, hey, good day for the Panthers' offense. Wow. Not bad at all. They lose, but what an effort. What an effort. I I'm curious to see how they finish out the season. I mean, if they can finish, like, use this opportunity now. I know it could go south, right? But we talk about it on trade gods a lot. Sometimes a player has a good performance and people look to sell that player because they know that, you know, people be confident in wanting to buy a player that finally shows up. So yes, Bryce Young's price tag has probably gone up a smidge, but he's still pretty cheap in terms of what he can be in dynasty. I mean, this is a guy, he went one-on-one guys. Don't forget. We all know Trevor Lawrence had a pretty bad rookie season. Peyton Manning didn't have the best of rookie seasons. Not saying he's that good. He's not as generational as those guys, but still he can turn it around right? The Panthers will get better. So I really do think Bryce Young's a good dynasty buy. And this is an encouraging point to see 300 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. Good day from him. On the Packers side, Jordan Love, similar, right? Two touchdowns, 200 yards, no turnovers, can't complain at all. This was no Christian Watson, no Jaden Reed, and Dontavian Wicks got injured too. Dontavian Wicks did get the touchdown before getting injured. But still, I mean, you know, Jordan Love did enough. He pulls off the win with a very hurt team. That's what franchise quarterbacks do. And the Packers have won. Jordan Love is certainly the franchise quarterback here. He gets Romeo Dubs the touchdown. Tucker Kraft does all right again. Four receptions, 60 yards. Again, we need to talk about this. It is not so sure that Luke Musgrave is going to come right back and take all this opportunity away i really think both of these guys are going to cannibalize each other really their entire career they're both rookies right and they're both pretty good and not great so look for that to be kind of frustrating for either manager really the rest of their careers i would probably if i own tucker craft try to go get luke musgrave if i own luke musgrave probably gonna go try to get tucker craft 
uh, because if there's weeks that either of them miss, you're going to be able to start them. But when they're both out there, I don't think you can. And it looks like Aaron Jones is back to life. Last week, kind of quiet, but this week, 127 rush yards. A.J. Dillon and Jordan Love get rushing touchdowns, but still, you can't complain about the 127 rush yards for him. You want the touchdown, but oh well, you don't get it. It's not bad, though. Not bad at all. This looks like it was a good football game. Wow. Panthers might, might, might be able to be something. Next game, Browns-Texans. Joe Flacco, guys. Joe Flacco. 368 yards and three touchdowns. Yes, two interceptions. And what, maybe a fumble? No fumbles. But two interceptions, three touchdowns, almost 400 passing yards. This guy, Joe Flacco, what a guy. I mean, we joked, right? Like, okay, he's joining the AFC North again. He's going to sling it. He's going to shred. But my God, he actually did it. I I wasn't serious. I wasn't serious at all. (laughs) And then just wow. Just, I've got it. I saw the Browns are still in contention for the number one seed. They only have five losses. Joe Flacco is carrying this Browns team, and they're going to make noise in the playoffs, guys. Like, the Browns are asleep. Like, the Browns, I'm not even going to, like, be surprised if they make the Super Bowl. Like, this is, they are playing so well right now. They've got a stacked defense, and Joe Flacco is killing it. And Amari Cooper, 11 receptions for 265 yards and two touchdowns. What a performance. That is a new record for the Browns, franchise record for most receiving yards in a game. I mean, wow. One people matchups in this one. And it starts with Joe Flacco. And I mean, everyone had a decent game. David Njoku, six receptions, 44 yards and a touchdown. He gets you there, especially in tight end premium leagues. And Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt also both scored touchdowns of their own. Just great day all around for the Cleveland Browns as they are on a tear closing out this season. And I'm curious to see what they could do in the playoffs. It might get gross uh, for, for the rest of the NFL. Like the Browns, honestly, a Super Bowl contending team. I said it. I said it. And it looks like in Houston, we have a quarterback controversy. I know Case Keenum started the game. But it looks like he did not finish it as he had 62 pass yards and two interceptions. And then Davis Mills has 149 yards and two touchdowns with no turnovers. So that's awesome. I was honestly shocked that Case Keenum was the starter um, and not and not Case or not Davis Mills. I really did think Davis Mills was just going to be CJ Stroud's backup forever. Uh, but they ended up going with Case Keenum, which I kind of understand to a degree, right? I mean, you go with the game manager guy. But still, I mean, Davis Mills proved us last year that, you know, he was pretty good and he could go win you football games or at least keep things competitive. And I'm glad he was able to do that in this game, score a couple touchdowns, get Dalton Schultz some catches, it looks like. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty encouraging for Davis Mills people uh, just because he'll be a backup next year. It's not going to be Case Keenum, but still, I mean, not too much value there, just a, just a super flex handcuff. But those aren't the worst to have. Devin Singletary, again, getting the lion's share, but because of game script, doesn't really get to do too much, only 44 yards. And Nico Collins, in his game back, scores a touchdown, only 18 receiving yards, but does get you that touchdown. So that's really cool. Next game, Buccaneers-Jaguars. Wow. This AFC South, oh my God. This AFC South, all three of these teams, they were tied going in, and they all lose. So the AFC South is still wide open. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's looking like 
Trevor Lawrence got hurt again. Yeah, shoulder injury. So CJ Beathard had to step in, and the Jaguars are going to be without Trevor Lawrence probably this week and maybe the rest of season, looking like they might fall out of the AFC style top seed and maybe even the playoffs. That is terrible. Uh, but kind of as expected, I told you guys to bench Travis Etienne, not really just because I was starting him, but a good portion. I said, uh, you know, bench Travis Etienne. I'm starting him, and the fantasy gods hate, hate me. Six carries for 12 yards. Three receptions for 19 yards, no touchdowns for Travis Etienne. But, you know, also the thinking behind that was, one, that Buccaneers do have a good run defense, especially Vita Vea is just tough to run against. And then also, I just felt like the Buccaneers were going to force them to pass because it was either going to be Beathard or a less than 100% Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, that's what they did. There was 44 pass attempts compared to 13 carries amongst everyone. Um, and Evan Ingram continuing to be on fire, especially in tight end premium leagues. He almost, guys. So, I mean, I have him in Scott Fishbowl. Um, I had no Christmas players. So, after Sunday night football, I was actually in 13th, uh, really because of Evan Ingram. I mean, he carried my team 10 receptions, 95 yards. That was special in Scott Fishbowl scoring. It was like 50 points. Uh, so, I mean, that was cool to see. Uh, and then Calvin Ridley, two touchdowns. And, of course, I was playing against Calvin Ridley in one of my semifinals. That's just how it goes. Two touchdowns, 90 yards. Um, good day for him. How, oh, wow, they missed both their extra points. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, that's the Jaguars' takeaways. They kind of suck, but uh, Evan Ingram's really good. Baker Mayfield on the Buccaneers, keeping things going. And, again, guys, this Buccaneers team is a true playoff team. I know they're in the NFC South, but, I mean, it's looking like they're going to finish 9-7, and 10-7 and seven maybe even, which would be awesome. And they're playing well right now. The defense is playing well. Mike Evans is playing well. Looks like another two-touchdown game. Chris Godwin's finally coming to life. Six receptions in this one. Rashad White scores a touchdown against, what is that, seven games in a row with a touchdown or 100 yards. I mean, this Buccaneers team, they're good. And they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. I like them a lot. And guys, with the Falcons winning, they're only one game back from the South and also the playoffs. The Seahawks right there are in that final spot. But the Falcons can win out too. They We might have two NFC South teams in the playoffs. It, it's, it's within the realm of possibility looking at the playoff picture. So the Buccaneers, while they're in the South, not as bad of a division as everyone's saying. And they look like a really good football team. They really do. Firing on all cylinders. No turnovers in this game either. That's what you want to see. So the Buccaneers looking good. Pull out this win against the Jaguars. Next game, Bears-Cardinals. And the Bears, they're on fire right now. It starts with Justin Fields, who has 97 rush yards and a touchdown, but also 170 pass yards and a touchdown with one interception. But... With no Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert was finally able to be the leading running back again, and he shows why he's a better running back than Deontay Foreman. 112 yards and a touchdown off of his 20 carries. Great game from him. And Roshan got mixed in as well. Nine carries, three receptions. That's what it should be. It should just be a two-headed backfield. Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson. I, don't, I know why Deontay Foreman started being used, but still, he doesn't need to be just needs to be these two. You're already getting all the carries from Justin Fields. Stop crowding this backfield. I hope next year they know that and they can go away from it. But good game from them. Uh, Cole Komet 
I think he got hurt at one point, but still got 100 yards before leaving. So good day from him. Really good day all around from the Bears as they pull off the win and hold Kyler Murray to only 230 yards. They hold James Con- Actually, no. James Conner has a great day. James Conner finishes with over 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. Good for him. He is just the most undervalued player in fantasy, or one of. He's one of the most undervalued players. I mean, he just shows up time and time again, and yet people hate him because he's older, uh, and I don't know why, to be honest. I mean, he's a true bell cow, and he performs well week in, week out. So, hey, good day from him. Greg Dorch gets a touchdown. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And actually, Kyler Murray wasn't that bad. They just only scored 16 points somehow. But, yeah, 230 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers for Kyler. James Conner, 100 yards. Greg Dort scores a touchdown. Not bad. Not bad. And Trey McBride still getting a ton of volume. Six receptions for McBride. Only 30 yards. But still, six receptions. Not bad. Trey McBride, I'm telling you guys, undervalued still. I think this dude's going to be a true, true stud going forward. Next game, Cowboys, Dolphins. The Dolphins win this one, finally beat a good defense uh, and move the Cowboys down who have, you know, lost some steam the last couple weeks. Now back-to-back weeks losing to an AFC East team. Dolphins win on a game-winning field goal. Um, and yeah, yeah, a good game. Raheem Mostert, 11 carries. Devon Achan, 7 carries. Jeff Wilson, 5 carries. So all of them getting worked in uh, and no one really does too much more. Raheem Mostert does get a receiving touchdown, so that's good. But, you know, no explosion really from any of these guys, which was kind of weird. Um, but I guess that happens against the Cowboys. Tua Tungavaiola, almost 300 yards, no turnovers, so that's good. And Tyreek Hill, still 99 yards, not bad. Durham Smythe finally showed up. Wow. Five receptions for him. Not bad at all. On the Cowboys side of the ball, 250 yards and two touchdowns for Dak. Looks like, yep, C.D. Lamb got most of it, 118 and a touchdown for him. Jalen Tolbert, 51 yards. That's pretty nice. 45 yards for Jake Ferguson. That's pretty good. And Brandon Cooks got a touchdown. Good for him. Good for him. Tony Pollard didn't do anything, it looks like. Yeah. 12 carries and one reception for a total of 43 yards. Not good. Not good. But encouraging because, uh, yep, Rico Dowdle, nothing. Rico Dowdle, only two carries and no receptions. So it's back to the Tony Pollard backfield, ladies and gentlemen. Next game, Patriots-Broncos. And the Patriots keep going. Patriots keep going. It's now back-to-back wins for them. And this was an impressive one. Broncos losing some steam, but still a solid football team. Russell Wilson, 238 yards and two touchdowns. Javante Williams scores. Uh, Marvin Mims was the leading receiver. All right. All right. Yeah, Jerry Judy, nothing. Three receptions for 44 yards, and Cortland Sutton, nothing. But I do believe Cortland Sutton got injured, so we won't overreact there. Uh, but, hey, seeing Marvin Mims pop up as the leading receiver when Cortland Sutton get injured, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's very encouraging. Looking into 2024, Marvin Mims, again, a good dynasty asset. Go ahead and get him. Uh, Javante Williams scores a touchdown but didn't look good. There is no efficiency there. My God. Averaging negative yards receiving and only two yards rushing. Not good. But he gets the touchdown, so you weren't complaining too much there. The Patriots, though. I mean, Bailey Zappi's a good quarterback. He's kind of been slinging it. He kind of looks good, too. Two touchdowns, no turnovers for this one. 256 yards. Demario Douglas leads the day. 74 receiving yards for him. 65 receiving yards for Devontae Parker. 
Ezekiel Elliott gets a touchdown. Mike Jasicki gets a touchdown. I mean, good day all around for the Patriots, especially the defense, but Bailey Zappi also. I mean, hey, better than Mac Jones. He's better than Mac Jones, ladies and gentlemen. How crazy is that? Not many people would have said that last year, but Mac Jones has kind of lost it. And Bailey Zappi, I mean, hey, good quarterback in college at Western Kentucky, you know, sets all those FBS records and kind of keeps it going in the NFL. I mean, remember, he flashed last season too, so I like myself some zap, zap attack. That's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. Next game, Raiders-Chiefs. We're on to the Christmas games. The Raiders beat the Chiefs, guys. What's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? I know that they were decimated, right? No Kadarius Tony, no Sky Moore. They're already weak at the receiver position. But geez, man, how do you lose to the Chiefs? How do you only score 14 points? Or sorry, how do you lose to the Raiders? And how do you only score 14 points if you're the Chiefs? I mean, what? Crazy. Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher? 53 rush yards for him. Only 26 for Pacheco, who did get hurt. Um, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, only four carries. Does get some receiving work. Justin Watson gets the receiving touchdown. But Rasheed Rice, pretty quiet. Only six of his 12 targets. Richie James did show up, so that was a good call. That was a good little PPR call. Three receptions for 54 yards. Not terrible for Richie James. Can't complain there. Uh, but, yeah, they lose. And it's Zamir White on the Raiders who really carries. 22 carries for 145 yards. That's awesome. And just strange. 6.6 uh, yards per carry. And he looked good last week. Why were the Raiders not using him? I mean, he's been on the team for almost two seasons now. And they just never gave him any usage. That was something that concerned me with him. I was like, why are they not at least giving him like five carries? Like, I feel like he deserves something if he's this explosive based on his profile. But they never gave him anything. But they finally do now that Josh Jacobs is hurt. And he's killing it, man. 145 yards. Awesome. Great. And it looks like Aiden O'Connell sucked. 9 of 21 for 62 yards. Wow. Yeah, only one reception for Devontae Adams, nothing for Renfro, and Jacoby Myers leads the day with 42 receiving yards. But wow, yeah, Aiden O'Connell. Oh, yes, I did see this. He didn't complete a, a pass for three quarters. From quarter two through four, he didn't complete a single pass. I don't know how, but that's true. That's a true stat. And the Raiders are the first team in NFL history to win a game without completing a pass. In the, in the final three quarters. I mean, wow. Can't believe they pulled that off. And I don't know what's going on with AOC. I wonder if they'll go to Jimmy Garoppolo. Probably not, not, but weird. Weird that they were able to win it. Next game, Eagles-Giants. And the Eagles, while they do win, did not look good. They, they did not look good in this game. The Giants almost pulled the comeback. And Tyrod Taylor was the one who did it. Tommy DeVito, he got benched. It's all over. And might I add, might I add, it's all over. He did it to himself. I saw, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago before it really started crumbling, but he was supposed to do like a signing event at a New Jersey pizza parlor and they were going to pay him 10 grand. And then, you know, uh, like the day before or whatever, he raised his price. He was like, sorry, I'm only coming if you pay me 20 grand. So it got canceled. And I knew then and there, I saw that. I was like, Tommy DeVito got too greedy. It's all over. It's all going to come crashing down. And it did. Tyrod Taylor now step up, steps up, comes in, and almost leads him to the win. He hits Darius Slayton for a touchdown. I remember that. I saw that. And Saquon Barkley had a pretty good game. 
80, 80 rush yards and a touchdown for him on top of three receptions. Can't complain. Good day for Saquon. Good day for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and good day for the Giants. They may not win the game, but they did make it close. Uh, they only lose by eight to the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, he gets the tush push. He goes for over 300 yards, but he you know, throws an interception, only has the one passing touchdown. A.J. Brown, neither or Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard, no 100-yard receivers. They all get about 70, so 80 yards for Brown, 79 for Smith, and 71 for Goddard. Smith did get the touchdown, which I was surprised about. You know, the guy doesn't practice all week and then, you know, actually is a big part of the game plan. But, you know, they win the game. That's all you can ask for. Hopefully they can use this momentum because I like the Eagles. I like them. I like Jalen Hurts. I hope they're good. I would like them to be good in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, so that was them. They did all right. No major takeaways here. Actually, sorry, DeAndre Swift. He's here, guys. We talked about a couple weeks ago that they need to start running DeAndre Swift. They're better when they do that. And they've done it now back-to-back -back weeks with him over 15 carries. In this one, 20 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. They see why they need to use him. He's a really good athlete. And I think they finally know it. They finally know it. They're going to give him the ball rest of season. Start him up with confidence in your championships. The final game, the heartbreaker. I was winning. Oh, God dang it. I closed it again. I was winning in all of my matchups, the semifinals that I've said a bunch of times that I've lost. I was winning in all of them, even at halftime. At halftime of this game, I was still ahead. But then the second half, Everyone came to life that I was playing against, like Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Zay Flowers. They all just showed up and murdered my fantasy football hopes. But Brock Purdy, 18-32, zero touchdowns, and four interceptions. Out of nowhere, man. I had Kyle Hamilton in my IDP league. I was debating between him and Jalen Petrie. I ended up going with Petrie just because Joe Flacco has been throwing interceptions a lot, and Brock Purdy hadn't. Well, that was stupid, as Kyle Hamilton had two interceptions himself and Brock Purdy threw another two. I mean, he did not look good. And really, I mean, I guess everyone looked good otherwise, to be honest. It just kind of collapsed with Brock Purdy. I mean, you don't throw those four interceptions and they might win this one. It was only 33-19. to 19. But, I mean, George Kittle, it was the George Kittle game. 126 yards off of seven receptions for him. Brandon Ayuk, 113 yards off of six receptions. And Christian McCaffrey. Again, 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, 103 rush yards and a touchdown rushing, and then six receptions uh, in the receiving game. Cannot complain. Christian McCaffrey is just a stud, guys. Literally just – he might be the best fantasy football asset. I mean, it, it, just special what he can give you week, week in, week out. It, it's. I saw I was playing against Christian McCaffrey, and I was like, oh, I lose. Didn't even think about it. The Ravens. Lamar Jackson, another great performance, 250 passing yards and two touchdowns as well as 45 rush yards. Gus Edwards gets the rushing touchdown. Zay Flowers gets the receiving touchdown. Nine receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Likely gets you there and PPR leagues. Three receptions for 56 yards. Can't complain. Really just a good day all around for the main guys. Odell Beckham quiet, but that's fine. You know, you can't expect that guy to show up every single week. But either way, Ravens win. And they're the number one team in the NFL now. So just some claps for them as they win a massive game for them. And they give revenge, as the 49ers had played every single Bird team, what, the last five weeks? And the last one to play was the Ravens, and the Ravens beat them. 
revenge for all bird teams. Let's go bird teams. Let's go Ravens. But that's it, guys. Those are all the games. Those are all the box scores. Thank you for letting me speak at you. Let's go check into the chat, see what you guys got going on for me. Any questions? Who do I start? Justin Jefferson, Van Jefferson, Jeff Wilson, and Jeff Janus. <laughs> and your name is Jeff. Nice, Jeff. I mean, you've got to start Justin Jefferson, but that's pretty funny. You've got a ton of Jeffs on your team. <laughs> Who would you play in the Superflex Championship? Stroud, if he plays for sure, and then Minshew Heineke or Geno? Probably Geno, but I might flip a coin with Heineke or Minshew, really. Let, ask me that question again um, later this week, John. T tune in maybe tomorrow or something. I haven't looked at all the week yet. It's too, It's the day after Christmas. I mean, I just had to do box scores to tell you about this week. I don't know too much yet, but definitely Shroud if he plays. Uh, you also lost all four of the semis. I'm with you, Nicholas. I lost all three of my semis, so it's a tough one. Sad ending, but successful season. Thanks for tuning in, man. Hope, hope you keep tuning in, too, as we get you prepared for the offseason or the dynasty in season, as we say. Anthony says, Taylor Heineke is going to keep Arthur Smith's job and make you hate him in the process. True. Very true. Best GK for Jonathan Taylor difference in the L. Oh, I hate those. I hate those. Will be interested to see how JMO progresses if Ben Johnson leaves. This is true. I don't think he will. I don't think he will um, at all. Let's see. I won this week five minutes before the games. Nice. You switched out Amari Cooper for Ty Chandler. Uh, or your opponent did it. Wow. So your opponent. Oh, good job. Or congratulations, Roy. That's nice. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Actually, I see one more question over here on Instagram. Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, or Baker Mayfield this week? Justin Fields, man. Justin Fields every single week, all the time. Got to start Justin Fields. Everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is another fun episode of The Way Could Take, and you guys were a fantastic audience, as always. Love spending my mornings with you, and I'll see you here on the Player Profiler, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at 10 a.m. Eastern. Tune in tomorrow and the rest of the week. Have a terrific Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.